Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. But uh, it's, it's such a blessing to be here. We, um, you know, when the baby was born, Actually, even I think before the baby was born, I was asking Pastor Ruben, you know, if he would dedicate uh, my son and if it was okay if I used Pastor's name, you know, to, to name him. And I, I got the green light for that. And, and uh, Pastor Ruben gave me a prophetic word that he was, you know, that Judah was going to be greatly used of the Lord and worship. And... Uh, it's it's a trip since he was born uh the holy spirit's been teaching me keyboard right so it was really foreign to me but there's like an anointing in the house for instruments it's such a anyway okay praise the lord we won't get into that one but um i just want to say it's a blessing to be here today i'm i'm a son of this house i'm tethered to pastor ruben reyna everywhere i go everybody knows it (laughs) come on and uh you know so it it just to give you kind of we've been in arizona since you know uh, a year or two and when we went there we uh i had friends and connections already kind of there and anthony pastor anthony pastor jeremy were a couple friends i've had for a while and they were like hey let's you know let's team up We, we can get something going and i said as long as you understand Pastor Ruben's my pastor and you're good with that, I'll, I'll ask him. And if he's good with that, we'll move forward. And so I came down and talked to Pastor Ruben in person, got permission, and good things have happened. Um, they weren't a part of the Living Word. They were an independent church. And they have now, since that time, come under Living Word and have connected themselves with Pastor Ruben. So we have uh, we have Living Word of Arizona. There's one in Phoenix. Of course, Pastor Ryan Beck in Mesa. We got Pastor Ryan Rios. Come on, coming and uh, starting something. And then I'm going to start something, you know, and uh, we're just going to take Arizona for Jesus, man, one step at a time. So uh, good things are happening. Good things are happening, and I know it's in Pastor Anthony's heart. One of the things he said is we just want to be a blessing to every person that's sent out here. Everyone that's sent out here, we want them to know they have family, they have living word family, they have connection, and that we work together to make that happen. So uh, that's, that's one of the things he mentioned to me that's in his heart. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. Make sure you, you know, meet him and, and greet him. He's great as his son, Elijah, as well. His whole family, they're, they're a blessing. So... My daughter is here, Caitlin. Why don't you stand up, Katie? Come on, sir. It's a, a powerhouse singer. Her last name's Appleton, so you already know what's going on. Come on, somebody. But uh, she is uh, unreal, like what God is doing in, in her life and, and in our uh, relationship and everything. It's just beautiful. Uh, we have all, Rosa and our, our family, if you can, you could stand and just let everyone know we got Robert, uh, Alyssa, come on, go ahead, stand. Robert's 
almost catching me right there. Come on, somebody. We got the whole tribe, Liz. My brother-in-law, Jerry, awesome man of God there. His wife, Monica, Rose's sister. I, my, oh, my mother-in-law's here. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Okay. I, my mother-in-law's back there somewhere. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. Now I'm on my best behavior today. No, I'm not. You already know me. Come on, somebody. No, um, and then my uh, uh, sister-in-law, Angelica, as well, I think is okay. Amen. And if I miss anyone, I'm sorry. God bless you. You know, I love you. Um, and I, you know, it's just a blessing to be home. What, what can I say? Thank you, Jesus. Um, I'm not going to be too long. I think my time already started. So they told me at 30 minutes, they're giving me the hook no matter what. Thank you, Jesus. I said, I appreciate the sign. Thank you. Let me know. Because, uh, you know, hey, <laughs> it's all good. Thank you, Lord. So um, I... I want to share with you just really briefly some thoughts, right? So a, a lot of people want you to walk out of the church with answers, right? You want to come to church, you want to get answers. Sometimes you can walk away with some powerful questions, right? Some powerful questions that you can wrestle with that take you to your prayer closet, that take you to those intimate places with God. The Bible says, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. And a lot of times we think of the secret place as a place we can't go hide. And that's very true. That's a, that's a shadow of the almighty. It's a place of protection. It's a place of power. It's a place we can run to. It's also a place we can share the intimate secrets of our heart. It's a place where we can open up and we can share broken places and we can talk about things that we're struggling with and things that we're going through. And if we're brave enough to be real in those moments with God and truly open up, the, the, those recessed places of our heart that we really don't want to talk about and don't want to deal with. If we're willing to open up in those areas and allow that brokenness to be healed, that mending of the spirit of God. What happens is it's not just that we give those secrets to God, but what God will do is he will give his secrets to you. It's an exchange of secrets that happen in those places, those intimate moments where we trust him enough to be real with the things that we're going through. And God will begin to trust you enough with the future and the destiny that he has for your life. It's an exchange of secrets. He, he'll reveal to you not only the secrets and the destiny that he has for your life, he'll reveal the secrets and the destiny that he has for his bride, for his entire body. He'll reveal the secrets and the strategies that he has for the entire world. He'll, he'll begin to open up and show you things. And you think, I'm just a broken vessel. I'm just someone that's struggling and, and, and hurting. And, and I, I don't understand how God. And what happens is we open up and we allow that inner healing. There's an exchange there that is powerful. Are you with me today? And so it's more than just dwelling in the secret place. It's more than just having a prayer closet. You know, it's more than that. God begins to create this exchange with us. Amen. It's, uh, it's funny. My daughter, she, she has her own room, freshman in high school. And the first thing she did in her room, and she wanted to decorate her room, the first thing she did was she made this prayer closet. And it says, if this is, you know, if this sign is up, I'm praying. You know, and I'm just like... Whose child is this? Come on. Some, no, but I'm, I'm just kidding. No, but, uh, you know, just to see 
the beauty in that and to have that place with God. And it's simple, but it's powerful because the simplicity, how easily God can heal us and restore us and mend us. There's depth in that because the exchange that happens is greater anointing, purpose, understanding, clarity. All that comes with that exchange of secrets in those intimate places with God. Are you with me tonight? Today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So questions, right? So I just want to leave you with some questions you can ask. And we're probably not going to deal with every one of these. But I'd like, if you could, just to write these down, type them in your phone, whatever you got to do, however you take notes. Um, Now, these five questions have been asked by, uh, you know, people at every level of life. These five questions have been asked by people living under a bridge. These five questions have been asked by people living in a palace. These five questions have been asked by people at every level of government. People of governors and presidents, kings and rulers, pastors, leaders, people that are lost, people that are out there with no direction. In one way or another, we're affected by these five questions. And these are questions that we need to ask ourselves because these five questions rule the world in a sense. So go ahead and write these down. Well, number one question, who am I? Who am I? Number two, where am I from? Where am I from? That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the neighborhood you came from. Come on, somebody. You know, I grew up in Stockton. Doesn't mean, you know, where am I from? Stockton. No. Why am I here? Number three, why am I here? Number four, what can I do? What can I do? And number five, where am I going? Where am I going? Now, if you wrote these down next to number one, right? Who am I? Write the word identity identity next to who am i right identity next to where am i from write the word source source next to the word why am i here write purpose write the word purpose next to where it says what can i do write the word potential And next to the fifth question, where am I going? Write the word destiny. Write the word destiny. So what is my identity? What is my source? What is my purpose? What is my potential? And what is my destiny? These are questions that we have to ask ourselves at the beginning stages of powerful moves of God in our life on an individual basis, as a ministry, as a, you know, you name it. People that come into, uh, you know, new levels of city government. We'll talk about, you know, someone that they're voted in, they're mayor of a city. What do we say? Okay, what is the name? What's the identity of this city? 
What's the, what's the source of the city? What's, what's the purpose of our city? What's the, what, what's the potential of our city? What's the destiny of this city? As I take the helm, as I step into this place, what is the purpose? It's the same thing you can ask about your marriage. What's the identity of my marriage? What's the identity of my home? What's our purpose? What's our source? Where's, what's our destiny? Where are we going as a, as a couple, as a marriage? Are you with me? So this helps us not only evaluate ourselves, but we can step in and begin to ask these questions about every aspect of our life. We can evaluate our finances. We can evaluate our home. We can evaluate our marriage and begin to ask these questions because the answer can be revealed to you in the secret place. Are you with me today? Come on, somebody. So today I hope to give clarity to at least one of these questions. I know I only have a certain amount of time. Uh, We're going to get into this, okay? So... I want to open our mind to a kingdom of possibilities with who am I, our identity, who we are. Okay, so let's talk about our identity. Our, Our identity this morning is that you are a son or a daughter of God. That's your identity. You're a son. That's something that's so important to me is that I'm a son. I tell people all the time, I'm not a saint. I'm a son. (laughs) Come on. Don't expect sainthood out of me. I got sonship. It covers that. If you don't, oh, come on, somebody. So we have to understand that a sonship is something that's very important. It's, it, there, there is something that's very important to God, and it should be very important to the body of Christ. Sonship. So our identity as a son is very important because sonship was a part of God's original design. Right? When it came to the garden... Everything God spoke into existence was to prepare a place for his son. Oh, come on, somebody. Everything. Everything. He set the cosmos. Now, the Bible says this. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the word world there, what it means is cosmos. It means what was actually put in place. It means what you can see. You get the word cosmetics from cosmos. Some of us are conformed to the cosmos of what we can see in each individual. You won't talk to somebody based on their cosmetics. Oh, come on, somebody. That white boy. Come on. And and it's not just in the church. I mean, it's not just in the world. This is infiltrating into the church where the cosmetic makeup of someone. We're so ingrained in the woke woke culture of the world that we're dividing walls of race even within the church. We're so bound by the cosmetics of an individual. And the Bible says, "Be be not conformed to the cosmetics of this world. But transformed by the renewing of our mind. Understanding that the kingdom of God is deeper than what we can see. It's more powerful than what we can see. And that God had original design and intention for it. He had original design, order, and intention in the garden. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about sonship, okay? So... Let's talk about what was happening with Adam and Eve before the fall. Let's talk about what was happening with Adam. Because a lot of times, all we think about is, you know, Adam and Eve were in the garden. They sinned. They fell. And that was it. Now we have Jesus. He saved us. Thank you, Jesus. And and that's true. Thank you, God, for that. But there was an original design and intention the Father had in the garden that a lot of us are missing. 
when it comes to the kingdom. There was something that was happening there. Jesus wasn't called the first Adam. He was called the last Adam. There was a reason why he was called that in the Bible, because there was something important that happened with the first Adam that needed to be completed with the second Adam. Sonship. Something powerful that happens here. Okay, first of all, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, I think we should open our Bible at church. Come on, somebody. <laughs> okay, Genesis 1, 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. It says, Let us make man in our image. So, Adam was designed in the image of the Father. He was designed in the image of the Godhead. Are you with me so far? Does that make sense? The Bible says this. The Bible says, worthy is the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. Worthy is the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. That means Jesus, who's the son of God, had been in existence in eternity. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him there was not anything made that was made. So in the beginning, there was already an order and a design in eternity because God already had a Son in eternity and now He had created a place for sonship here on the earth. Are you with me this morning? This means that Jesus, the Son of God, was already in eternity. And, and so later on, when Jesus walked the earth, Philip said, let us see the Father. Jesus said, how long have you been with me? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So because Jesus was the very image of the Father, if you saw Jesus, you saw the Father. Now this helps us to understand that when God formed Adam from the dust of the ground, Adam became a son of God. Okay? Now, when Adam was made, he was made in the same image as God, the same image of God, which was the eternal image that was already in existence with Jesus Christ. Now this gives us an understanding of the design, purpose, and order of him being called a son. Now there's a purpose and there's a design in that. We're on our way somewhere. I only got a certain amount of time. If it sounds like I'm rapid fire talking, that's because I am. We keep going. Okay. Adam was placed in a kingdom. Okay. He was placed in a kingdom. He a heaven on earth like place. And this was where the breath of God was breathed into him. And he was birthed in sonship. He became aware of everything. Adam became aware of everything. He became, uh, a, he, was, he was awakened. He was aware of the Father. He was aware of the kingdom he was in. And all of the surroundings were heaven on earth. In the beginning, the kingdom of heaven was here on earth. Now we know this because in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, he's going to put this up. Look at what it says in Genesis 1 3. This is probably a memory verse for someone. It says God created the light. Right? You want to put that up? And God said, let there be light. And there was light. This was not the light of the sun. This was the light of the kingdom of glory. The light of the sun happened in, in verse 14. The Bible says he created the sun, moon, star, all the firmaments of the air. All of that was created 14 verses later. This, the light, he, he placed the kingdom of light on earth. Because he was preparing a place to develop sonship. 
That's how, that's how important sonship was. He established the kingdom first, the kingdom of light first. That was in verse 3. Now, Adam is in, in a heaven-like state here on earth. He, he's, it's a meeting place for heaven and earth because the Father designed it that way. God put kingdom on the earth first, and when he said, let there be light, he established his kingdom first. That's why Matthew 6, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. God won't violate his own word. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. Isn't that some? We always think of that scripture in a different sense, but it applies to the design, order, and operation of the kingdom. Are you with me this morning? So if Jesus instructs us to seek the kingdom first, then you know that God will not violate his own word. So Adam is brought forth in the light of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. The same way the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, Jesus shows the disciples the light of glory at the Mount of Transfiguration. And, and also with Paul's conversion. Paul's conversion, all of a sudden this glorious light overshadows him and he, he's blinded by this light. And for three days he had to wait until he heard a word from God that helped him to operate in his function, his identity in the kingdom. So the light of glory has a lot to do with sonship. In Luke chapter three, verse 38, if you look in Luke chapter three, verse 38, it says, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam. And look how Adam is described, which was the son of God. That's how he's even described in the lineages, which we look over. We don't really read and stuff. In the lineage itself, it says Adam was a son of God. That's heavy. So Adam and his wife were told they had dominion over everything. Look in Genesis 1.26 again. Genesis 1.26, it says, God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, let them have dominion, look what it says, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Fivefold dominion. This is heavy. Because... Because of what the number five signifies, right? So he gives them fivefold dominion. First of all, he says you have dominion over the sea, over the fish of the sea. So he gives them dominion over the ocean. You as a son have dominion, son, daughter, okay? What? <laughs> Sons and daughters have dominion over the ocean. Some of y'all scared to jump in a pool. Come on, somebody. You have dominion over that. Get over it. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so next... <laughs> you have dominion. Look what it says. You have dominion over the fish of the sea. You have dominion over the fowl of the air. You have dominion over the air. For a long time, I was scared to fly. First time I ever flew was to the Philippines. It was a long flight. I got over it real quick. Come on, somebody. Okay. So you have dominion over the fowls of the air. The Bible says, and over the cattle. Something goes moo. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. You got authority. You got dominion over it. Enjoy your state. Come on, you got all these people out here worshiping cattle and starving to death. Come on, somebody. There's no order and design in that. Come on now. The order and design is if it goes moo, you got dominion. Come on now. Eat it up. Thank you, Jesus. If you're a vegan in here, I don't apologize. Thank you. We're moving on. Okay, so then he says, hey, if I, if I don't, if I haven't made sense of that, 
I'm just going to give you dominion over all the earth. Number four is he says every, everything. And, okay, and the stuff that creeps on the earth as well. Some of y'all inherently scared of spiders. Some, you know, or people that come to, you know, it's funny, they'll come to Arizona. Are there scorpions here? <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. See one, let me know. And then you can go scorpion hunting with a glow-in-the-dark flashlight. They glow in the dark at night. And Anyway, later for the white boy games. Come on, somebody. What? All right, so, <laughs> but what it is, it's a five-fold dominion that you have on the earth. The number five is very significant. Number five is the number of grace. Number five is the number of governmental authority. So not only is it governmental authority on the earth, it's governmental authority even within the church. That's why it's a five-fold ministry. So even before in the design, purpose, and order, he was setting in place five-fold authority that would rule, govern, and edify his body that was coming to the earth. He was giving them five-fold authority and an understanding of what you have dominion over. What that means is sometimes you go out to the world, take a beating, and you get into survival mode, service to service, instead of walking in that governmental authority that you have in every aspect of your life. One time, I'll be honest with you, I took a rebuke from Pastor Ruben. I'm sure that's a shock to you, right? I know, for those of you that know me, knew how well behaved I've been all these years, and Pastor Ruben told me something that was so simple and I didn't really understand it. I thought I did. I was like, oh, Pastor, you know, God, oh, forgive me. You know, I repented and all that. So I thought, but I didn't fully understand even what he was saying. And this was 10 years ago. He said, where is your dominion, son? Where's your dominion? He didn't repeat it. I'm just, I'm repeating it. He just said it just like that. Where's your dominion, son? Oh, uh, God, forgive me, help me. I, I don't know. I didn't know I didn't have it, you know, like, you know. And I was repenting and asking God to forgive me without even understanding what he meant by dominion. Right? Where is your dominion? Where is the dominion when we're going through the stuff we go through and we just take those whippings and we say oh it's just enduring the hardship it's just part of the process no dominion's part of the process it's dominion that we walk in it's authority walk in that dominion so you know in thinking about the kingdom jesus the holy spirit told me you know quit treating jesus like he's an american patriot <laughs> come on oh come on now I'm going to mess with somebody in here today. God and country. What is that? Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. And we ingrain ourselves so deeply within the culture of politics, there's no kingdom involved in that. You've got churches praying leverage somehow over the Supreme Court, and they don't even have an understanding of what the kingdom is. And the operational authority that you have not to be ingrained and influenced by the political culture of this world, but to rise above and have complete dominion and influence over it. I had to repent of this. 
Because I'll argue with you about Trump. We'll go at it on Facebook, face to face, whatever. Thank you, Jesus. Telling you how wrong you are if you didn't vote. You know, this and, and God corrected me. I said, my kingdom. Jesus, when, when Jesus was arrested and he was questioned, if you go back, you read this story later. When he was questioned by the Pharisees, they arrested him. He didn't answer one time. They said, and they were beating him, ripping his beard out, doing all this stuff. He didn't answer one question to them. Because they had no authority to question him. Oh, come on. The only question he answered was because he had been placed in a place of influence with Pontius Pilate, who was a political authoritative figure. So because he had kingdom, Pilate had an understanding of kingdom authority. Therefore, Jesus was willing to conversate with him. Oh, come on, somebody. So we waste all our time arguing with people that aren't on the level of the kingdom. But unless until we get into a room with someone who actually has political influence where we can begin to actually make a difference. Are you with me today? Okay, we'll just keep going. Thank you, Jesus. You know, my, my brother here, he has a lot of ties and influence. He knows the governor of Arizona. He knows all these different people, all these rooms and things that he's in of governmental influence within the cities that we're operating in. And God is going to begin to give us a lot of favor. That's why one of the main things is we got to be on our, you know, we got to understand the exampleship and the understanding there's authority with exampleship. You got to carry yourself and operate in a certain way. When we get into these rooms, they'll respect what you say. But if you're the loudest person in the room with no authority, it means nothing. There's no kingdom influence there. We'll, we'll just keep going. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you with me? So the number five is very significant. It's very significant in our understanding of the kingdom of God. We've got to understand that you have authority. You're not supposed to be influenced by that, but we're supposed to be the influence. We're supposed to be making the impact and making the difference. In order for us to see any change, he also gave them dominion over seed. All right now. All these are messages. If you're a preacher, you just write them down. You can preach on each one of these. Thank you, Lord. God will give you revelation. But he actually had dominion over seed. Some of you sow seed out of obligation, not dominion. Oh, help me, Jesus. That you sow out of obligation, not dominion. So you're, you're sowing in hopes that something good will happen. However, when you sow in dominion, you already know God's going to move. So there's no question. It's not, oh, I have to do this. Well, they preach about it in church and, you know, it's just something I have to do. No, it's an expectancy of understanding in your dominion, in the kingdom, that when you sow, good things will happen. Let's keep going. Come on. I could preach on that one all day. Thank you, Lord. So kingdom dominion over every seed that you sow in Jesus' name. Now, all of this is happening before, before Adam fell into sin. And we can see that over that he is over everything and you know all of this is happening and and now the light of heaven is there and god begins to take the dust of the ground he begins to form him and shape him he begins to shape him into his image and and then the bible says that he breathes into adam and adam becomes a living soul the word living soul there is very significant 
Living soul is very significant. It's very important that we understand that he didn't just become a soul. He became a living soul. And all of these are are lessons in and of themselves. So a living soul is saying that his mind became alive with the revelation and the knowledge of eternity. His mind was open. He already had a mind of the spirit. The spirit made him come alive. And this was the beginning of Adam being spirit, soul, and body. He was complete. He was made in the image of God. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. He was made in his image. And a triune being. Come on, somebody. The the Trinity is all here. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. So it's it's a very powerful thing for God to say that let us make man in our image. There was a powerful design, a powerful purpose. This was a very powerful moment. So when the father breathed into Adam, he gave him the dimension of spirit. Write that down. Dimension of spirit. So when he breathed life into Adam, he breathed the dimension of spirit. This dimension of spirit became a dimension of no limitation. Oh, come on, somebody. A dimension of no lack. It's a dimension where everything is now possible. It's a dimension of the spirit, the dimension of the spirit that's superior to the natural realm. The dimension of spirit where, where it's, you know, it supersedes, it's an overriding realm. It's, it's capable of overriding the natural realm. And that's why we could see that Jesus could walk on water. Jesus walked on water in a storm. I mean, you ever been in a storm? We were in a storm on a cruise ship, me and Rosa. I kind of slept through it because it doesn't bother me. But she was like waking me up. You know? Sorry, babe, I got to tell on you. You know, the water's coming up to the windows. Are we going to be okay? Yeah, we're going to be all right. You know, go back to sleep. But imagine walking on that. Have you ever seen those storms where the cruise ship's bouncing? Jesus is walking on Water, So he would have to have been superseding the natural realm and walking on gravity, walking on air because the water goes like this. And for him just to stay steady in the storm like that, he had to have been walking on gravity. And then it was like, that's good for Jesus. Well, Peter jumped out and did it, too. Right. So it's a, it's, a, it's a realm, the dimension of spirit is a realm of no limitations. And, and Jesus was an example of this dimension of spirit that we have access to. And we just, you know, let the storm kind of overtake us. Jesus, you know, the dimension of spirit, I'll just, I, I'm the type where I start taking things to the limit, right? So think about everything Jesus did. Jesus walked on water, walked on gravity. Jesus Walked through walls, the Bible said. Jesus raised dead people, healed the sick, raised all these, you know, cripples and different people that he healed and did all this. Jesus flew away, you know, he flew away in front of a bunch of people. (laughs) What? He did. It's a dimension of spirit. We, We don't know what Adam was capable of doing as a son. We don't know. We don't know what, the only way we can know what Adam was capable of doing is by seeing what Jesus did. The last Adam. Jesus operated in no limitation, dimension of no limitations. 
So when the father breathed life into Adam, he received the dimension of spirit. The dimension of spirit is what allows us to supersede and override the laws of even gravity. I'm not saying go jump off a building. Come on, somebody. I'm Use wisdom. But what I am saying is we don't operate with the same laws of the kingdoms of this world. And we're very young in our development as sons of God. Very young. The church, it's only what? 2,000 years. A day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. That's like two days to God of development. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Okay, just think about it later. Like I said, you're going to walk out of here with questions. Any questions you have, just ask Pastor Danny. He'll clear it all up for you. Thank you, Jesus. This is a scholar right there. He's going to clear it all up. Message him, text him, call him, ask him all these questions. He's ready to answer it all. Okay. I love you. <laughs> so this dimension of spirit is that dimension in us that allows us to, over, to supersede and override. Now, we're very young in our development. So even like the apostles, right? The apostles, Peter's shadow healed people. That's a dimension of spirit. So the spirit was going to enable us to transform us into the sons of God that know how to walk in the power of the spirit. And as we learn and we develop in this dimension of the spirit, we will see the power and demonstration that we're looking for. And in greater capacity, we'll go deeper in understanding as the sons of God. The, the Father, this is where the Father's taken us because that was his original design and his original order and his original purpose in the garden. All of this was happening with Adam before he, was, before he fell. He, he was a living soul. He was conscious of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He was conscious of the kingdom, conscious of eternity, conscious of the realm of the Spirit. Adam is able to live in the same place as the Father, in person. Because of the light that was there, the light of glory was there, God could be there, in person. And Adam was able to walk with him. The same atmosphere as the Father. That's why the father came walking with him in the cool of the day. Because that light of the kingdom was there. And to walk with him, and they were walking in the same atmosphere. They're walking in the same place. His, his birth was heaven on earth, so the father could be in the same place with the son. He, he was kingdom conscious. He was God conscious. He was eternity conscious. His mind was unlimited. He was brilliant. He operated with full capacity of his mind. He, as we enter into the dimension of the spirit, it rebuilds our capacity to function with a renewed mind. Why do you think all of those Bible characters lived to 900 years old? They were closer to the dimension of spirit than we are today. Oh, come on. Anyway, okay, we can keep moving. Yes, the Bible says, when you, anyone in Christ is a new creature, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We think old things, all things become new. That means quit drinking and smoking and everything else. What if it means that even in the molecular structure and the cell systems and everything within your body, God can begin to create newness even within you and you're, oh, come on, somebody. You got to help me out today. God is showing you that you have dominion over all the earth as sons and daughters of God.
He functioned with a renewed mind. He had this, uh, the, the, the dimension, it, it re- rebuilds our capacity to function with this renewed mind. The dimension of spirit and light are the factors that give us dominion on earth. The kingdom light, the dimension of spirit, that's what releases the dominion on earth. The Holy Spirit is greater than us. The Bible says, he, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's kingdom light. Come on, that's dimension of spirit. That's dominion, fivefold dominion over the systems, everything, the systems of this world. How do they describe the devil? They say he's the prince of the power of the air. And he's the ruler of darkness. And it's described as a kingdom of darkness. So a lot of times we don't even understand that we're up against an entire kingdom that's structured to destroy us. And we don't understand that we have a kingdom of light that's structured to give us dominion over that. Oh, come on, somebody. So Adam was made in the image of God. That's a whole, I'm sure you see that in a whole different light. We just read that scripture sometimes. Yeah, I was made in God. What does it actually mean? I think we understand. So now when we hear the word redeemed, you know, we hear that I've been redeemed, you know. We don't really understand what we're saying a lot of the times. But what redeemed is, is to buy back, to set things in order. It also means to take to the original place. So what being redeemed is, is to take us from where we are to our original place. Which was what was taking place before Adam fell. That's why Jesus was described as the last Adam. Oh, come on somebody. So the plan of the cross was more than just helping Chris Appleton not be a drug addict running the streets of Stockton anymore. That wasn't the plan. It was part of the plan. But to me to be redeemed is to operate in dominion as a son of God and actually influence what's going on in the world today. Because we're just moved around by everything going on. No dominion. I, every time I start to go through something, I see Pastor Ruben where he told me, where's your dominion? I think, man, let me buckle up. Come on, I'm a son. Be encouraged. You're a son. You're a daughter. You have dominion over this. Think about this. Adam had immeasurable, immeasurable ability. God told him to name the animals before there was language. There was no de- language developed. The only way he was able to communicate with the Father was a heavenly language that was developed already in eternity. Worthy is the land that was slain before the foundations of the earth. So what that means is the animals already all had a name. God had already done all that. Adam was a son and what he called it was already in existence. Oh, come on, somebody. So what I'm saying is the things that you're going through, God is already giving you an innate ability to call things out as though they were and to walk in dominion. He's already given you what to say. He's already given it to you. You have dominion over what you're going through. That's why when they say, why do you pray in tongues? 
It's design, purpose, and order. Come on now. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. You can't convince me otherwise. Jesus said, you shall speak with new tongues, cast out devils, you know, bind the sick. You know, he said, you'll tread on scorpions, you'll, any snakes, you'll be able to drink anything poisonous. Come on, somebody. And we have no problem with healing the sick, casting out demons, all that stuff. When it comes to the Holy Ghost, people have a bunch of questions. Jesus said, speak in tongues. Come on. Today is a son or a daughter of God. If you ain't speaking in tongues, today is the day. Come on. Heavenly language break out in this place. Holy Ghost power and anointing why because you're a son and you're a daughter of God thank you Lord we have no idea how far Adam would have been able to take his sonship we have no idea because of that woman no I'm just kidding okay oh you were waiting for that one weren't you I'm only kidding or am I no I'm just joking no I'm just joking but we have no idea how far Adam and Eve could have taken their place of dominion. The only way we know is to look at Jesus. So when Jesus died, that's why the Bible says he became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. So our identity, who am I? You are the righteousness of God on the earth through Christ Jesus. And what that means is this, is that when Jesus but worthy as a lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth, right? So when Adam and Eve fell, sin was ingrained into human nature. It was a blood-borne pathogen, <laughs> right? So generationally, it was passed down generationally by blood. That's why there had to be the shedding of lifeblood of an animal. It had to be blood for blood in order to cover the, the nation of Israel in sinful state. Are you with me? So it was blood for blood. So when Jesus came, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. So he took, the Bible says, He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. So this, get this picture. He, he became sin. He carried sin. He became it. And then he took the penalty for it, right? So, that means that when we, you see the passion and the, that beating. I remember when we rented the theater, Pastor, we had everybody watch the passion. And it was hard for me to watch, but I made myself watch these parts. And he, he took the beating, that penalty. And then he went to the cross and he was nailed to the cross. And then he died with that sin. The wages, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So... In order, the only way the wage could be paid is if he died. Then he went to hell with the sin. So he paid the penalty. Then he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Then he rose again. Then he released his spirit. Why? So we could be actually redeemed back. He was paying the ultimate price for us to be redeemed back to God's original design and order, which is sonship even before the fall of man. Are you with me today? So it's not some light thing what happened on the cross. It's not so we can just go mess up and do whatever we're going to do. Come back, repent, God forgive. Grace is there. But don't you want more? I want the dimension. I want that light. I want to shine for Jesus, man. I want that where it says that the mystery of the gospel is Christ in you. The hope of glory. 
Jesus, when the disciples said, teach us to pray. Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the first thing he says to pray is thy kingdom come. Then he says at the end of the prayer, for yours is the kingdom, power, and the glory. So God's original design was kingdom, and what follows that is power and glory. Oh, come on, somebody. And I say this to encourage you today, that there's a purpose and a design for your life. Who am I? Who am I? I'm a son. And it means so much to be a son. There's so much power to being a son or a daughter. You have purpose. You have design. There's an order. With everything you've gone through, there's an order. There's an order. There's a design to it. There's a purpose that God has. We want to see power. That's our prayer, God. We want to see power. And I know I'm in Pastor Reuben. I mean, it's my spiritual father. There's power here. How do I know? Because that power did something in my life. But just because you're in church today doesn't mean you've stepped into the kingdom. Jesus used the word church three times. Public ministry. He used the word kingdom 106. Come on. Some of you are just, well, I go to church. Okay. But he, he, he came to establish the kingdom. First thing Jesus says, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom's here. The word repent, it means metanoia is the original word. Metanoia means to change the way you think. That's it. A lot of times we ask for forgiveness, but we don't change the way we think. We don't change the way we think about ourselves, and we don't cha change the way we think about our marriage. We don't change the way we think about our jobs. We don't change the way we think about the situations in our life. We just ask God to forgive us as we take a beating from the kingdom of darkness. And I want to declare over your life today that there's a kingdom of light that you have access to. There's power, and there's glory, and there's dimension of spirit. There, there's light. God wants to shine through your life in a powerful way. You weren't designed to take a whooping from the devil. Come on. You were designed for success. You were designed for growth and power. And all of that is involved in the kingdom of God being activated within your life. It's an unlimited kingdom that you have access to. And what we do is we limit ourselves. We limit our thinking. We limit ourselves. We say, no, not me. That's for someone else. No, it's for you. Every person that you lay eyes on, Jesus died for. To redeem them back to that original place. Every person. Every person you see. I saw this post on Facebook and they said, you want to know who Jesus died for? And it showed all these different people. Because we don't think of it. Jesus died for Joe Biden. Jesus died for the Pope. Jesus died for, you know, all these people that were so quick to criticize because our mind is focused on the kingdoms of this world. And we're influenced by whatever way the wind is blowing. And we're supposed to rise above the influence. Come on, somebody. And operate in the five-fold dimension of the kingdom of God so we can see his glory, his power and glory on the earth. 
I, I, let's all stand this morning. I don't know if you guys gave me the signal or not, but thank you, Jesus. I love God's word. I love scripture. I love being challenged by the word of God. I've been serving the Lord for 24 years. It'll be 25 in a couple months. 25 years. And the recent stuff that God has been dealing with my heart about has completely wrecked me because I've missed so much. And I know I was I'm, I'm, I discipled well. Right? Anywhere I go, they're like, who's this guy? Right? Like, what is this guy's deal? But it's because of what's been ingrained in me and because I know who I'm tethered to. Believe me, I make uh, an impact of reaching, teaching, mending, and sending. It's ingrained in my life. That's the kingdom of God. I'm, we're, we're a part of it together. But I've also missed a lot. I'm, even when he asked me, where's your dominion? He knew what he was talking about. I didn't get it because I had a lot of growing up to do. And I want to talk to some people maybe that are on the margins of the ministry here. Where you're just like, I just come and I enjoy the presence of God and I, I give and I thank God for it. But all the other stuff is for everyone else. I'll tell you, that's where the preachers are sitting. Thinking like, that's where the preachers are. That's where the pastors are. That's where the home directors are, man. You're sitting on the, on the outskirts because you don't want to be under that light. Come on. But I'm telling you today that the, the kingdom of God is there for you. You have a calling, a great purpose, and a great plan. You're like, no one notices me very much. I mean, I, I, no one notices. You know what? God notices, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has something great for you. You're a kingdom son and a kingdom daughter. You, you know how hard it is to find a house with a spiritual father in it? This, oh, my goodness. I'll, I'll, I'll preach that all day. But there's so many churches out there that are just stealing from the sheep, man. Wolves. People are lost and confused, and you have an opportunity here to be discipled by one of the greatest voices in the kingdom of God operating today. And the team that I, I, I watch the messages and see the team and the brothers that are here that are that are, you know, Pastor Danny, Pastor Anthony, all you know, all, uh, Pastor Ruby, all these man. Just to see the beautiful stuff that's happening here. To see this guy leading worship, man. Jason here. You would not have thought, this guy leading worship, he was the quietest. Man, I, I have to come like, come on, Jason, what you doing, brother? Come on, come on, come on. And, you know, to see him now, roaring up here, man. I started crying. I was sitting looking at my phone, you know, just a mess. Anyway. Just to see, you know, I, I, I could go on and on, so I won't. But my God, drama right now, just thank you, Jesus. Okay. What I'm saying is there's, there's more for you. God has more for you. 
You're here, it's for a purpose. It's greater than you just coming to church. You have, God has a plan and a purpose for you as a son. And that kingdom light, that light that shine on Paul, it's one day it's gonna shine on you. I believe it's even today. Some of you have felt that light just hit you today. Something is that dominion, just something swelled up in you. I can feel it. There's something that just began to swell up in you like this dominion, this is what I'm missing. This is what I need. And I wanna declare over your life, it's been here all along. All you've gotta do is just step into it because it's for you. It's for you. You're the one. You're the man. You're the woman that God has here.